Welcome. This is the beginning of inner world of mind. And I'm going to talk to you here um, the mind and um, what we are as we are kid we are taught as a mental faculties mind and mental faculties some people call this a cognitive natural of a mental events according to George Duffers and George Duffers did present this in the mind live conference in Washington with the powerpoint so he gave me the powerpoint last year so we have it here but anyway uh, so that's what he called it so what we're really going to focus is the mind and the mental faculties and i do have a couple of recommendations for you to read but this is going to be a little long talk so the couple of recommendations are the first the treasury of dharma a tibetan buddhist meditation course by geshe rabden that's one and mind and its functions by geshe rabden and understanding the mind the natural and the power of a mind by geshe gassan jazo Uh, I have seen and uh, the both Kishi Rabdin's uh, seen in the sense I saw the book I don't read English so I can't uh, do so but I saw the book and uh, so the authors are good I compared a few words and they both seems to be very good and they, that's what I recommend there's also little bit of listening in the Kishi London part to the enlightenment and little bit of mentioning but I think uh, you can read that too but I think treasury of dharma understanding of a mind and uh, mind and its function these three books should give you plenty of information background as well as uh, uh, what you sort of really need to see and i'm going to talk to you on the basis of uh, a synopsis that are giving by kachin yishi jensen uh, who is the teacher of eighth dalai lama the master of eighth dalai lama and a very important scholar uh, normally you find in buddhism from the abhidhamma the teachings they give you mind and mental faculties but then there's abhidhamma kosha according to the basubandhu and according to the asanga so we say upper abhidhamma and the lower abhidhamma sometimes it differs tremendously so i think kashin yishi jense somehow uh, brought this to quite close together So what I did is when I was a kid it's about must be about 8 or 9 um so I memorized this uh, his synopsis and I try to remember now I don't remember a single word so I have to really look in the book so so I'm going to talk to you on that basis I wish I could translate that book synopsis but it's not possible but uh, let's see from here what uh, kachin yishi jensen does here 
first on that synopsis, and、uh, he made a praise to Namunguru Manju Koshaya, that is Manjushiri, Lama Manjushiri. So praise to Lama Manjushiri. That's it. That's good enough. And I don't want to spend time on that why and all that. But then he goes on. Go back to the chamber. He should be more charged. Some the syndrome that the Chungu Shunshin told him. So he also said,、um, I prostrate to the feet of Buddha, and then I explain mind and mental faculties according to the Abhidhamma texts. And that's the、uh, the sort of first line on the synopsis. Whatever you're going to find here and here is in according to Abhidharma texts. And I mentioned to you Abhidharma texts has、um, different things. I think Kashin Ishijansen brought them quite close together.、Um, that happens in the early Indian Buddhist teachings. You have a, sometimes a huge difference. Um, not only a philosophical, but even like things whether the mind has actual physical forms or not having physical forms, even that they differ. So this is this is sort of、uh, sort of early Indian Buddhism have those. So the, according to the Kajin Ishijans, the next one he says. He says all this, our,、uh, you know, samsara, this life, what we uncontrolled life, we are continuing, you know, one one after the another, uncontrolled life, and also freedom from that. Uncontrolled life. When we say uncontrolled life, those of you know, I'm referring to samsara. If you know what samsara is, if you don't know what samsara is, is the life that continuation of life. Sometimes in the West you call it reincarnation.、Um, sometimes you call it future life. The future life, past life, present life. Continuation is、uh, actually is another definition of samsara, but you know the the definition of the samsara or the life after life circling. I mentioned very often. I hope you all remember.、Um, it is the continuation of a contaminated being. The continuation of a contaminated being, not uncontaminated, contaminated being, existing itself, continuing with the contamination. That is the real definition of a samsara. It doesn't mean definition is is reincarnation or rebirth or past, present, future life. They are all doesn't mean samsara, but samsara gives you all this. But the definition really is continuation of the contaminated being, mind, whatever. That is the samsara, and also nirvana is a peace. According to the Buddhism, nirvana is a peace. Samsara is a suffering. Nirvana is a peace. Remember, it is one of the four seals of Buddhism. All created are impermanent. All contaminated are suffering. 
All phenomenons are natural of emptiness. Nirvana is peace. There you go. Nirvana is peace. So that is the sort of for logos of Buddhism or or the for banners of Buddhism or Buddhist slogan or whatever you call it. A lot of different Buddhologists call it different names. So it doesn't matter. So so actually it is the Buddhist slogan. So everything contaminated are suffering and therefore all samsaras are contaminated and therefore it's suffering. So the definition of the samsara is continuation of contaminated existence itself. So that is the real definition of a samsara. Continuation of form, they will say. Saja nyelengi and contaminated form continually existing. That is really the definition of samsara. And then freedom from that, when we say nirvana is a peace, whether it's a nirvana or total enlightenment or whatever, in short, Kashi Yishi Jensen says, Kondekyoyumaluva means samsara nirvanas, benefits and the faults, all of them, coming from the mind, similar to what you know, it's coming from mind, that was Buddha repeatedly said everywhere. That's the third verse. Kondekyoyumaluva, similar to what you know, to be a soul of life. Buddha said all the time, everywhere, the faults and benefits and of the samsara and nirvana all coming from mind. Get it? That's clear. So therefore, then the next verse says, Lotu Namju So if you are an intelligent one, or you wanted to be intelligent, or if you have any desire to be good, so it is important to know the Simji, Sangdishiva. The Sang is extremely difficult to explain. Sort of functioning, how it works. There's a working mechanism of a mind should be known. So this is sort of the mechanism, I mean, you sort of, it's not a mechanical thing, so I can't say mechanism, but, but the system or the norm or the structure, how does it work, the mind, how it works, and that is important to know. That's why it's very important to know, because everything, whatever's happening, good and bad in our life, this life, future lives, even past, whatever it is, all our benefits, qualities, and all our faults and disadvantages, all of them coming from nowhere, nowhere, except from the mind. That is, Buddha said, all the time, everywhere. So, one should know how that is function. So that is clear. So, but then it is, 
I think it is quite an important to know. So if you look in the commentary of that synopsis, and then it is a, it is a huge. It says, it's a, this is interesting, sometimes to go this way. Kashi Yishi Jensen emphasized, he said, hey, to find something to eat and something to wear is not good enough to be a human being. So it's a human beings can do a better than finding food and finding shelter and finding some cloth, even new ones, uh, maybe. But that's not enough. Even animals can do that. It's a true. I mean, the dogs and cats, they find, uh, even the, you know, even the moles and, you know, the, the, the raccoons and uh, all these, uh, what do you call, possum, all of them find uh, shelters and they know, you know, if they don't have a house, but they know how to get under the ground and live there and uh, they can get out and find food and everybody else does that, insects. Even the insects does that. You know, now, of course, the spring is coming, so the, even our flowers are coming. And I'm sure these Japanese beetles will come too. So even they know how to find food. So, so wherever there are roses are, <laughs> the beetles, Japanese beetles will come in. I mean, honestly, we really work very hard all the time. The purpose is uh, making money, more or less. A lot of people are. Some people are not, but many are. And then the question is, why money? Uh, you're not going to eat the money, but in the, you know why making money? It is for the comfort. And for the comfort and no shortage and all this, for the comfort. That's what it is. It's interesting. So that is not... It doesn't really tally with, doesn't suit for the human beings and the human quality. As a human beings, we are much more capable of that. This is, you know, this Kajin Yishikenza was 18th century teacher, scholar, and Buddha is 2600 years ago, and they're saying the same thing over and over again in everywhere in Buddhist teachings. So in other words, the goal of our life, purpose of our life is not just to make money, and not just to make rich, not just to be, you know, somebody. I think it's a different, I mean really very big difference here. The difference, people who are looking in the spiritual part. Spiritual is also important here. You know, the definition of spiritual is something very different to person to person. So each one of us, in my opinion, we have to think, what do I mean by spiritual? Some people will say, you know, if you created some little nice positive emotion and you can say it's very spiritual. To some people you burn some incense and beat gowns and all that, it's very spiritual. 
to some people, you know, I mean, all kinds of things. Uh, to some people, we sit with His Holiness in the room, it is spiritual. And that's true. Uh, to some people, or some monks are chanting and sitting, singing or dancing or whatever, even though it is incomplete ritual or just little bit of beautiful songs from here and there, put them together and give you American chopsu, even then it is spiritual, you know. So to some people, spiritual is, uh, is uh, something they hear it. Uh, then some, I mean, some spiritual person, a person who are very much into the into a religion's projects, not necessarily Christian or Buddhist, uh, even Buddhist, some of them hated the word spiritual, you know, really hated. Uh, so so it, is, it depends on the individual person, uh, it is a feeling. But something beyond the ordinariness, that's what we're looking for, something beyond the ordinariness, Ordinary, ordinary is every beings, not even human beings. Every beings are naturally what they can do. They do, they can do. You know, I mean, if you look at the animals and insects, we're talking about right now, rabbits and you know, horses and dogs and cats and you know, possums and all those. And I look at them and they know how to find food. They know how to keep it warm. And they know how to have sex. They know how to make a baby. They know how to build a house. Or not a house, but some kind of shelter. Shelter, you know, I mean, uh, that's what they all know. Sort of, sort of by nature because they have a mind. And that mind drives them. The mind drives them and they do that, you know. If you don't know that, you said mentally handicapped or mentally challenged. If something is not right, mentally challenged, we say, right? That even among the human beings is valuable too. Some animals can do, but even human beings can do that. But, so I think these are ordinary things. Uh, something more than that. Something more profound than that. That's what when when I use the word spiritual, so something beyond the mechanical functioning or electronic functioning, but something something profound, pureness within us, and that's what we're really looking for as a basically spiritual. But within that, some spiritual maybe, just to have nice little feelings, and just to have a nice little sort of faith, or little good or sad combined emotion. Uh, you know, these are ordinary, again, very ordinary spiritual. And uh, then little more than that, and uh, one you should be able to sort of engage oneself in the process of the spiritual development through words, through meditation, and even uh, better than that is through the process of sadhana or through the process of yoga. 
are not the physical alone, but the mental yoga. You know, there are like seven different yogas. The most important yoga is the yoga of wisdom. Uh, you know, first on the line comes the Hatha yoga, right? That physical yoga. And uh, then, uh, you know, then other things at the seventh is the wisdom, and that is the yoga. And uh, so, something like that is, uh, is a little more valued, it's sort of really more valued than ordinary, just um, a little emotional excitement, sadness, happiness combined together, maybe sharing little crocodile tear here or there. You know, I mean, it happens all the time. And that is also a little spiritual, true. But you know, once you be going within the spiritual thing, and um, then of course, and I'm meditating through this, through the stages of Lamrim, from the Guru Yoga till uh, the wisdom. First, just you know, overviewing, and the uh, second time going a little deeper, deeper in each and every point. Uh, third, analyzing each and every point of more than than looking deeper. Fourth, experiencing, gaining experience, learning and gaining experience within that. And the fourth, it blocks negativity that each one of them have, you know, direct opponent of negativities are blocking. And uh, fifth, completely gaining power over those negativities. And the sixth, those things becomes like a daily chore within one individual. Seventh, it becomes a part of one's life. And third, it is you. So becoming you, becoming that way. And that is how it is developed. And this is considered best. And that's where you can get freedom from those samsara. And that is a way how we can develop body-mind. And that is a way how we become a Buddha. I just now got up to the eighth point, but this is, I'm just saying whatever the thoughts comes up. But that is the way how it goes anyway, whether maybe it may become the eight steps or seven steps or ten steps or whatever becomes to the individual, depends on the individual, how intellectual capacity, intelligence person have it. I mean, intelligence counts tremendously, yeah. Uh, so if you don't have the intelligence, and then it becomes more difficult. And then sometimes even you have to rely on simple faith alone. Uh, some people, you know, that is not the fault of the individual, but the lack of the intellectual capacity of the individual. So sometimes you just have to put faith and just do. That's also nothing, is, as long as you, you lead well, it's nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. I mean, mostly the spiritual part we know in the West, and probably is a faith base, um, sort of faith base. So even that serves the purpose. 
even that is of the purpose. So all of them now, whatever it is, good or spiritual path or bad spiritual path, or even you want to find food or, or cloth or shelter or all of them are coming out of the mind alone. So that's why the mind becomes so important. And people even say mind over matter. You can really utilize your mind and the mind and the matter works together. Actually, actually material development is the nothing but result of mind working, you know. All of ours, look at it, a tremendous uh, even the scientific development, look at the medical science alone. Uh, you know, look at it. And today, you know, it's not just like 10 years ago or 5 years ago. It's a tremendous amount of, you know, uh, development. And this development is nothing but the result, result of research they did. The research is done by mind. It's not, the, not by the eye, not by the brain alone. Not by the nose alone, not by the hand alone. The research was done by mind. Somebody thought about it, doing it. Somebody put things together. Somebody see, try to see what's happening. And when the things put together, then you have a little surprise. Then you go, you drive a little bit more. I hope that's how they do research. <laughs> I never did research in my life, but in that way. But that, that's, I think, you know, I, as I kid, I had those colors. I used to play with the colors, red and blue and yellow and all this. And one fine time, you know, I put little red and little yellow together, found orange. I was so excited. You know? uh, so I quite remember that, you know. And that's, that's what the nice orange comes out by mixing little yellow and red. And that's also the mind push. So in short, you can almost accept mind only schools view and everything else nothing but the mind. The mind is the only one who made everything possible, who made it possible for us to have a shirt to wear. If there's no mind, well, there won't be shirt. Definitely. Somebody thought about it. Where somebody thought about it, somebody made the style, somebody made the design, looked nice, made it attractive, and somebody stitched it. As you, you know, remember, in the, in the compassion, we say it is the kindness of the people that we have shared to wear. It's the kindness of the people that we have food to eat. It is the kindness of the people that we have cloth to wear. It is the kindness of the people that we have a house to live. You say that, right? We meditate that. Just like here, it is the mind. Without mind, we won't have a share to wear. We all probably be, if our mind has not been advanced a little bit, we'll probably be like a, a, early, early in the human development. Not really chimpanzees, but uh, <laughs> again, our karma made it different, right? Karma made it chimpanzee, and then you know, slightly different, we become a human being. That's also because of our mind. Honestly, it's all mind 
that made all this different. It's almost like Ibs and all the other people, you know, earlier, people who live in the cave and where animal cavemen, that's their called and all that. So, so all of them are the mind. It's made. And the mind is also very demanding, honestly, very demanding, very demanding. Mind has a, it's also demands tremendously, tremendously. The mind sees opportunity and the mind demands. The, the human mind will demand very much from the human beings. And as the animal mind will not demand so much from the animal life uh, because they see the limitation. They see the physical limitation is connected with the mind, but the human mind have much more demand. You know, is it true the educated people will demand more from the educated people? And they will, they will let, let less educated people, let them go or let them fall through the cracks or whatever. You know, they really make more demand for the educated people from the educated people, by the educated people. And that's how the mind capacity goes up that have that much more demand. That's how mind really works. So, Human mind will demand human beings a much, much better than the animal because you don't have the limit. So they demand more than finding food and shelter and uh, cloth. They demand more than that. And what is that? Either material development or Mental development, through spiritual mental development. Material development, to me, it is the development of mind. Without mind behind, there cannot be a material or scientific or any development at all. Not possible. Though we, though we may call it crazy old scientist. But honestly, but it is a mind is maybe totally focused on single pointedly uh, doing something, but whatever it may be. Without the mind, even the material development cannot. So the material development, spiritual development, all of them are the work of a mind. So here you see how important the mind really is. Yes, there is a tremendous relationship between body and the mind. But mind is the most important. You know, I always say, a person who live in the house, the body is the house. The mind is the person who live in the house. So, which is more important, the person who's living in the house or the house? For us, sometimes house is more important because that costs more money. <laughs> but in reality, is house is made for the comfort of the people, person who are living inside, right? So therefore, house is there to serve the people. So it's really, when you look at the real thing, 
the real deep thing is the mind nothing but the mind when you wanted joy and happiness the mind is the capable of bringing joy and happiness and the mind is the capable of giving us hard time or bringing suffering and the pain and the misery this is the mind who does body without mind is that body is a corpse now what a can corpse can do maybe spirit gets in and get up and what this is the buddhist tibetan buddhist stories not only a tibetan buddhist story but there is a a, a, a word what we call a zombies right the zombies is not a tibetan buddhist word and uh, so all i mean unless zombie or something otherwise uh, that what is that body what can they do nothing so that shows how mind is important that shows our mind is almost like our future is created by our mind I, I don't want to say my, our mind is creator but actually our future is created by our mind so therefore that's why that's why it is so important nagarajungne said chisipungbunzinyo ba tisi tela nganzinyo nganzinyo na yangle tela yangne kyoyings as long as we have a perceiving our form remember form physical form remember we use the word jikta very often why is it jikta because the mind which was really focal point of that perceiving me 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 and that me is the focal point of that that mind what we look at what they looking they're looking at our physical form which is by natural it is a perishable by natural it is a perishable therefore it is by natural it is destructible by natural it is going by natural it is disintegrating so therefore we are looking at i look at a perishable form to be able to hold as identification of me the moment we say me i did it i went uh, i had nice holiday i'm having a good easter holiday today yeah really i had a good passover dinner yeah so who is that i and the moment you ask me number one we don't even ask who is that i it's not even a doubt that's me you know some big fat head over there or whatever but um, the moment you started to looking and then you find that when you say i had good passover a dinner and you probably seen that i is probably big fat head or stomach or body combined whatever mouth whatever anywhere combined and that's what i mean i the focal point of i 
is a perishable form, physical form. So that is called, you know, sort of I perceiving, grasping, grasping me, producing me, because I am me and my, it comes out of it. If there's no I, how can there be my, and how can there be me, and how can there be my? I mean, is it really, truly? So as long as we're having that perceiving, as long as you're perceiving that form, you have that I grasping. As long as we have I grasping, and we create different karma, different activities, different deeds. Don't have to say karma, different deeds. The different deeds have different consequences. Positive deeds have a positive benefit. Negative deeds have a negative consequences. So that's, again, all of them traced back and go to the mind. Nothing but a mind. So this is how whole samsara, life after life, when you trace it, it's from mind. We talked four noble truth, okay? All four coming out of mind. Both positive true aspects of four noble truth and the true negative aspects of the four noble truth both are coming out of mind. So everything, whatever we experience today, Good, bad, the good, the bad, the ugly, <laughs> whatever. It is the only mind, nothing more than mind. I don't have a Bodhisattva Chaya Avatara book with me. If I have it, I will, but maybe next Tuesday I'll probably find it. But. If I have it here, I would have um, found that English translation of this. But uh, paraphrasing his, uh, Shantideva said, So therefore, all the fears that we have experienced, and all the sufferings, countless sufferings, are coming out of our mind. And the mind is the one who's producing it, and our mind, we produce it, we perceive, we receive, and we accept, we buy it, and we go through it. That is the... Even Shantideva refers to Buddha, and the Buddha said so. And Shantideva furthermore goes and said, so if one doesn't know how does mind functions, what is it, and then even you want happiness, you want no sufferings, whatever efforts you put will be 
hopeless. We won't be able to get much result. In other words, yeah, you can have a faith and do projects and do all that, and it does give you a little result, but, but Shantideva here says, it's all wasted. It may, it may not be totally wasted, but we could have done much better by knowing the mind, you know? I mean, the uh, Bodhisattva Chaya Avatara, is, as you know, is poetry. In the poetry, sometimes, you know, the words are, sometimes it's cuts like that. It's what you all wasted. And then, uh, you know, but that may not be completely. So therefore, me should know my mind carefully and protect it. Shantideva said. There are many, this countless many, so I would rather not uh, go on and talk to you about it. But how this is going to be, this is going to have basically, it is the mind itself. It is, I like to make that statement, it is the mind itself. Mind itself is divided into two categories. Two categories. One we call it mind, the other we call it mental faculties. Or here they call it, one is called cognitive natural and uh, the other is called mental faculty. But that all translators use different terminology. But I like to go straightforward what I know. Mind and mental faculty. Okay, we divide mental faculties into 50-something, whatever it is. 52 or 51, how many is it? We divide it into 51. However, each and every one of them, if you really wanted to see it, if that's sort of different from the mind, no, it's not. One has to be very clear on this. This division was made for us to understand mind better. Because we cannot say, hey, this is a mind. We cannot point it out to something so like end of Russian doll. And so we call that, hey, this is a mind. We cannot do that. It's not even possible. But because it sort of, it moves, it changes, and it becomes something else, and, and there's something, and no matter how much you go on and dividing, and there's no end to it, and it is always a divisible, not a indivisible. So it is always a divisible, and it's always, and as the moves, changes, in anything, you know, I mean, anything from the blankness into a energy into a into a some physical whatever you know this abhidhamma law abhidhamma said mind is a form you know but uh, abha abhidhamma doesn't accept it. that's so anyway so so it's changeable so changes so much so therefore, it is really hard to pinpoint it, saying, I got you, this is a mind. And you can't do that. So that's why how we understand mind and mind and the mental faculties divided. So if you go on saying, 
If it's, is, is this a mental faculty or mind? Yeah, it is. Maybe if I pick up a mental faculty, say, is this mind or mental faculty? We have to say, it is a mental faculty. But if this is a mental faculty, what is the difference between mind and this? You don't have it. It's nothing separate. It is almost a oneness. Why we are dividing so much? If you don't divide so much, you won't, we won't get it. And that's why we are dividing. Uh, sometimes, sometimes functions together, sometimes, sometimes. All 51 of them doesn't function together at all, anyway. And there are only five always functions together. So we call that five omnipresent mental factors. But I'm not going to talk too much about mental faculty. But five omni, I believe omnipresent, the word omni, I hope it meant always remaining. So always, and if one of them is missing, and then one becomes mentally challenged. So basically, we call it feeling, discrimination, intention, contact, attention. So we have Tsurowa, Dushi, Semba, Rigba, Yilajaba. In Tibetan, the word where intention, they call it mind alone. They call it mind again. Semba is a mind. It's also karma too. So it is very funny. So that way. It is also the activity. So these are the five omnipresent mental faculties. So if there is no feeling, then if you don't feel it, mind does not even qualify to be exist, right? We can't feel it. I mean, you know, we know that. Physically, when you have physical problems, physical handicaps, you know, I've been diabetic. I saw my diabetic doctor today. He took out my, she took out my shoe and asked me to close my eyes and get some little, a little bit of some stings and try to touch my toes and saying, do you feel that? Do you feel that everywhere? So if you don't feel it, your, this part is not occupied by mind. So because you have no feelings. So, that's what happens, right? So sometimes people cut off these lamps and this and that because you, because the mind, pervasive natural of the mind doesn't cover certain aspects of the physical points. So you're losing the feeling. That's why that particular portion is, you know, losing the influence or the connection with the mind. And then it's becoming uh, part of uh, whatever that body or whatever it is becoming. That's what it is. And that's why they chopped off and cut it off in order to not to create more trouble, right? So, so it just really tells clearly the feeling. It's not the feeling what we talk about it. You say, oh, I feel very spiritual. And that also is a feeling. But that also a feeling. So that is a one aspect of a, 
omnipresent mind. And in order to make the mind what it is, it is really the combination of the all mental, all these five together. When all these five together, that combination is the real uh, mind it becomes. Remember, everything is exist because collectively exist, interdependently exist. Remember? So the mind is also natural of impermanent and therefore, no, I'm sorry, natural of emptiness. And therefore, it is a collectively existed. Collectively what? Those five omnipresent mental factors. That is how mind exists. And if it's missing, then it's missing, it's not working, and then it becomes non-mind. And then, uh, maybe I'm jumping too fast to the mental faculty. I should talk mind more. Uh, that's what we call it, mind. And um, when I was a kid in the monastery, and when you go in, and the first thing they tell you, what is the definition of a mind? A definition of a mind, we're taught, actually. I mean, we have no idea what it is, but you know, we've been sort of lucky, lucky you teach, uh, lucky you taught to parent how to say, you know, give me nuts. Um, I can tell you good news or something, you know, just like that. You are taught. Exactly. I mean, I was, mind you, I'm four, I'm five, I have no idea, six. What will I know? So, but you know, they'll ask you, what is the definition of the mind? And you say, session, rigpa, which means clear and understanding. Clear touch, almost say, clear and touch. Clear. Clear. What does clear mean? What does that mean? There are many ways of a clear, clear. You know, they're like, you know, you have things here in the darkness, you have objects, you put the lights on, the light clears the object, so you can see the object clearly. We can see what time is it now, because there's a light. The light comes and gives the other luminance in there, sort of ready, radiant, the darkness being cleared, so I can see it. That's one way of looking clear. So the mind is not a light. Mind is not a light. Then what is it? What are you talking about? A clear. So the quality of the mind, quality, or the, or the natural of the mind. Don't think of Buddhist terminology, natural of mind, who become Buddha, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm not talking about that. But the natural of the mind itself is capable of knowing, perceiving, knowing. And that is what they're talking about, clarity here. It's not like putting light on and see it, or reflection. I can clearly see you, and if you're seeing me clearly, and that is the different way of clear. I mean, it is through the, the wave or whatever it is, electronically projected, right? 
technologically projected and that you see clearly there and that is the different clear here the mind way is it some kind of capacity capability that whatever whatever the mind look it sort of takes exact duplicate photographic and uh, perceive inside it doesn't there's no camera it doesn't go out and take a picture and put it in they don't do that but like that sort of capacity to perceive some kind of duplicate thing can take it take it in right so when you take a photograph and then you can produce so many photographs and doesn't hurt you doesn't do anything to you but you can do that and the mind does the same thing mind has the capacity to be able to get in something and that is just seeing that is the what do we call it clear here this clear here is not uh, specifically functioning specifically functioning becomes mental faculties activities the reasons why they divide this this is what we call it principle mind principle mind is sort of by natural it be able to notice the noticing where the notice is just they get it some kind of duplicate perceive it in it that is clear what i'm talking about the mental faculties and then make it it is they will tell you this is yellow and this is red and then you remember the, the mental faculty of remembrance will remember it is yellow the mental faculty of remembrance will remember even the smell the sound and touch and all of them even this five omni present mental factors will make it all clear clear so even when you looking at a mind right now we say mind where is it somewhere inside me and cannot we you know cannot pinpoint something which is traveling throughout our body we see that right but you know and then you know some kind of murky uh, thing is moving around cannot but it's not it's a sort of that's how we have to understand mind that mind itself is capable of acknowledging seeing what do you see what is, what is clear they look at you project you get some kind of duplicate photographic memory type of thing they get in they don't see it black or white but just get it just get it and that is the principle when the moment you clarify this is white this is black this is red this is yellow and then the faculties are functioning okay that's it i'm tired <laughs> i'm going to sleep so hopefully this year we will get some head of really what the mind and how this mental faculty what is positive what is negative how it make it and that way we will know in our life whether we are we are contacting our life in the positive way or negative way where the intention or the attention is coming from where the influence is coming from 
which mental faculty is controlling what and how it's happening. So that it will be important point. We are not looking for something called, ha, this is my mind, I know my mind, and they're not going to get it. But we are looking for how it functions, what it is. Thank you.